Hi everyone, welcome to the Cloud Architects podcast, a podcast about cloud, technology and the people using it. Welcome everyone, Nicholas Blank here with my co-host Chris Goosen at Microsoft Ignite. Hello. For more information on this episode, as well as a list of our other episodes, visit us on the web at thearchitects.cloud. This podcast is brought to you by Kemp Technologies. We chose Kemp as a sponsor based on their amazing product line for the cloud, which includes the Kemp Loadmaster appliance in the Microsoft Azure Marketplace, as well as Kemp 360 family. For more information, go to kemptechnologies.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> How's that for an introduction? That was awesome. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> My pleasure. <laughs> Thank you very much. So uh, today we're doing a, a great recording here at, uh, at Ignite. We're at the Community Central, uh, and we're speaking to Stephen Rose. Um, and it's Office Community Day. It is. It we is OneDrive. It is OneDrive for Business 10th anniversary birthday hour inside of the Office Community Takeover Day. And we have to mention Exchange turns 21. Yes, Exchange turns 21. OneDrive turns 10. Absolutely, it's been a it's been a great year for us, and a really great to share that with the folks here at Ignite and really sort of celebrate that. Something that I spoke to you about earlier is it's raining announcements. Yes, it's like a fire hose this week. How do you do that practically? Do you just store them away in a cupboard and then you say, "This is what we're going to talk about at Ignite"? Um, I think we do look at at Ignite being a huge moment for the fans of our products, for the people who have really invested deeply in the Microsoft stuff. I think there are certain features we say, it's not that we they're done and we're waiting, it's we need to be done. It becomes a great forcing function saying, we want to talk. We announced quite a few features yesterday, which will come before the end of the year. So that was for us is what could we bring in here? Most of those are ones that are going to be coming. But absolutely, we do look at a big point in time when we really want to show customers that we've been listening. Uh, we hear their feedback. We're delivering those products. We were very excited during my session yesterday that out of the 107 bits of new features and functionality that we've released since Ignite last year, that 43 of those were driven by tech community and by user voice. So it's great to have that level of connection and have community driving so much of that change that we're doing. So it's so important. So that, that's awesome. And I think that's a, that's a great way to introduce uh, what we're going to talk about today. But before we jump into that a little yeah. more, do you want to give, uh, give the listeners a little bit about yourself, uh, introduce yourself and what sure. you do? Sure. Um, let's see. I ran uh, my own consulting company for 15 years. So I was an IT pro specializing pre-cloud and virtualization. Um, then became an MVP. So I was an MVP for three years. I was uh, networking and uh, all things sort of Windows deployment. And then I got a great opportunity to lead the Windows team in the Springboard series to launch Windows 7 and then later Windows 8 and run our forums and our tech community and lead the MVPs. And I have such a deep love for community and being an MVP and being a part of that, it's so critical, I think, to what we do. Uh, I stepped away for three years to go work in the US sub and now I'm back. I took over earlier this year, OneDrive for Business Product Marketing. And it's great to be back with community and all the SharePoint MVPs and the Office MVPs and just all the passion they have for talking about our products and services. It's great. Awesome. Well, really happy to have you uh, talking to us and taking some time. I know yeah. uh, everyone's trying to get some of your time today, so it's, it's obviously great. <laughs> happy, I, I, happy I glanced over down. at the board over here, and there's even a caricature of yourself. So there is. It's, that, uh, <laughs> that may have to become my new Twitter profile. I may have yeah. to use that. That's yeah. very cool. Perhaps we can convince the, the fellow drawing them out to do some of us, too. That would be fantastic. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, um, just to set the scene, we are sitting in the community hall 
and it's massive. Behind us is the Office Community Day wall and we are sitting in a place where we are surrounded by people who are passionate about sharing, both from a contributing as well as what can we get, we want to be part of something. Yeah. And this is something that we get from you quite a lot, Steve, is that you enjoy giving into the community as well as obviously the community reciprocates and if we want to be very cold and functional, we could say, well, they give you a bunch of requirements in return that you can turn back into the product. But mm. there's more to that. In Absolutely. Community. It's about passion. I'm, I'm super passionate. I will not work for a product that I just don't believe in. There's, we'd love to have you come here. I'm like, I'm not a fan. I have to love it. And OneDrive has been, my life is in OneDrive. I have every picture from my family, things that I've taken, memories. It's all there as a consumer and then moving over to business. I really started to see how much easier it made my life. And with our community, yeah, it's great to get features. It's great to get functionality. It's great to get that back. But what's important is people feeling that they're heard. I've always said when you go to buy a car, you go to buy something, you want to get hooked up. You want to know a guy. Yeah. Can, who's your yeah, guy? Who's your I guy? want to get a deal. And I have often said, you know, in Windows and now here, that I want to be that person. I want to be the person you can go out on Twitter and reach out to. I'm having a problem. I really like this. This isn't working. Um, you know, whatever. And be able to reach me and get a human being saying, that's great. I'm going to pass that on to engineering. I'm sorry to hear that. Let me see what I can do to help you. And having that connection, you get people who are just like, wow, you know, there really is somebody there and I'm like a fan for life. And that's what I look for because when people do that for me on anything, it really has a deep impact with me. So you mentioned OneDrive Consumer and OneDrive for Business yeah. in the same breath. Yes. However, with a little bit of SharePoint history, we know that OneDrive used to be this thing called a MySite. Oh, yeah. And then it used to be Groove and yeah. it was SkyDrive. And it's gone through a lot of metamorphosis over the 10 years. Um, so it has. And what's great is people have their lives in OneDrive Consumer. Yeah. And people have my files in OneDrive for Business and our files in SharePoint. And it is... SharePoint is that connective tissue that you find when you look at Teams and Yammer and SharePoint, all those. The same way when you dig into Teams, that's SharePoint that's holding all the files. When you look at things like um, in Exchange, when we look at, uh, place, you know, when you send a, a file and it's part of OneDrive, what's great is when somebody clicks it, they go, oh, I got a link. But it's not. It's not a file. It's a link to a file. Yeah. So being able to send modern attachments, things like that, being able to do iMessage, which does the same thing. The one thing I did learn in all those years in IT is no matter how cool we think something is, doesn't matter. It just has to work and it has to be transparent. And that is absolutely at the core. What we strive for when working with our customers is let's make it simple, let's make it easy, and let's not let you see everything that happens underneath, just make it happen. You said transparent. And yeah. to be fair, the client hasn't been transparent for a few years. That's absolutely correct. And we've had Groove. Sorry. <laughs> we've we've had a thing. Yes. And now we have the next gen sync client. We've yeah. had that for a while. January. We, we brought out public release, rolled it out late last year. Yeah. But that also hasn't been transparent. So it hasn't yeah. been something that I can just very quietly in the background deploy and then it's available. It's something that required yeah. intervention. And not anymore. So what's great now is when a user installs Office, when the first time they do a click to run, it'll look to see if you have Groove. And as long as you are not using SharePoint on premise, it'll now go to, to, uh, to the NGSC client. The one thing that was holding it back was if you were using IRM and DRM libraries. Now that we do support that, 
we have almost no customers that are really going to need to do that. So we heard that feedback. We've automated that process, and people should not be having that issue anymore. And so am I, am I right to understand as well that one of the announcements this week was that um, that same, uh, I guess, experience would happen on the Mac as well. So yeah. those users who now, when you install Office on the Mac, right. you know, we're Mac, Mac users. We've we've had our, I guess, we've dealt with uh, the OneDrive client, and, and there was the lack of, thereof for OneDrive right. Second for class a while. citizens. Well, yeah, but it's 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 starting to we're starting to see parity, right? Well, at least we're on the way. We can see the, the path forward. Well, you should now. I mean, the whole yeah. thing for us was we we turned around and said, don't install OneDrive from the store. Because the problem is it doesn't launch at startup. It doesn't stay persistent in the finder. So we wanted people to go to the download. So we go, we need to package it. We need to get it in there. Yeah. Again, it's us working with Office and everybody working together. But the great thing is, is that the experience when you're on a Mac, and I have a MacBook in my office, I have an iPad, I have Android, I have everything, I play with it. The experience, whether you're on web or Windows or Mac, when you go to share, is identical now. It looks exactly the same. And with the install client, people will now get that run at startup, sitting in the finder, click to get into your folder aspect, so that will absolutely be there. But I think the thing you saw in our session yesterday was an Android device, an iPad, I mean, we had everything up there, and we're really looking for that ubiquitous experience and across, think, and that's really critical. I think people are very quick to often criticize, but but no one really kind of pats you on the back when when you, when they can see that vision, right? Yeah. And it's a it's a real testament to be able to see that and to see that coming to fruition as well. I agree. Yeah. I, I was saying to somebody as I looked at some of our key sessions, I've never seen so many uh, Android and Apple and iOS and macOS devices ever. And if people don't believe that we're really serious about keeping these on parity. Uh, and being able to do that, then they're just not really opening up their eyes. They can see that movement internally and in what we've done. Absolutely, and I think you know. I mean, I, I, I can say from personal experience. You know, I use a Mac um, in in the past or before it was it, it was a Mac with a Windows VM because there was some stuff. Sure. And we're seeing PowerShell across yep. now. We're starting to see Linux fully built in exactly. to Windows now, so that you can fully manage those machines. Absolutely, uh, you know, Samsung is doing their version of the Android phone loaded with all the Windows apps. We've done great things. We showed yesterday what's coming for the new OneDrive app and the new UI. Uh, on iOS, what we're doing in Android. And what we'll do is we'll bring a feature out on Android first, then bring it to Mac OS, or maybe a feature on Mac OS and bring it over iOS. So we'll constantly ping those back and forth. And the Files app, that's been a really great thing that we've seen showing we were ready for iOS 11 right out of the gate on day one. Absolutely, awesome. I want you to dig in a little bit into Windows 10, Adel, and Auto Account Config. Yeah. Yeah. So. For me, it's all about adoption pain, and you make yeah. it go away. Yeah. So we, tell us what's under the hood. Well, there's a few things. So um, we sat down. Uh, I've been friends with Michael Niehaus for many years. So Michael and I and Tony East, who runs our sync team, sat down. And I sat down with Jeff and other folks and said, we've been trying to talk about the replaceable PC for years. I want to do it in Windows. And just could make it push button. Push one button, it happens. Um, Michael's team came back earlier this year and said we have this thing called Autopilot, and I think it's a really great place to start. And we took a look at the idea that you could provision everything in the cloud if somebody connect up and go remotely. The fact that we brought the ability to upgrade from Pro to Enterprise in Windows 10 when we first came out was a key piece of that. We took a look at the adoption of Exchange Online so people can have all their email. What was missing was how do we make OneDrive easier? Yep. So we said, look, we want to do something called Silent Sync Account Config using uh, Active Directory. And what that will do is with ADOL, at that point in the process, it basically goes up to ADOL, gets all the user information, automatically puts it in there so that there are no steps to go through. So now we have the, the Windows Auto Config PC comes on. We see 
all the key apps that we're looking for because MDM has done that. So now we've seen Windows and Azure. We then see Office come in and Exchange Online, making sure the moment you log in, it's the, it, all your emails there and all your credentials are already in there. And then ADOL kicks it in with files on demand. Now within 10 seconds of first login to a new device, there is every single file that is important to you right there ready to view. And we can even add intelligence and scripts to that to say, here are the top 10 things that you constantly use, download those, and we'll bring some of that automation to the product. So it's really gotten to a great space. It's a big thing Michael's talking about this week. It's in Tony's session tomorrow. Um, and we see a lot of customers saying, we could see that being a best practice, so how do we put that together? So I'm very excited about making it easier for IT pros to just roll out what our customers need, which is Windows and Office and OneDrive being a key piece of that and files on demand really bringing that great power. That's fantastic, and I think that, that ties into that overall uh, strategy of, of you know, Windows 365 that Satya was talking about during the keynote, yes. right? So, fantastic. To and now Microsoft in. 365, which yes. is now our Uber, so now we're looking at Windows and Azure and Office and OneDrive really being part of that. When you think about Microsoft 365, because now it's not Office 365, it's Microsoft 365, there really is no better example than that example on how we're bringing these services together and when Terry and Jeff and you know all these folks sit in a room, how we're able to better have a good vision on how to bring this together. So I'm very excited about what we've announced this week and I'm really excited to see how come back next year and see how customers are using this and adopting this and what we need to continue to do to make it better and easier. Multi-geo. Yeah. Huge announcement. Yeah. But there's a caveat. Yes. It's not for everyone, is it? No, it's a little pricey. <laughs> so multi-geo allows people to actually store data in specific Azure regions, um, yep. which generally is needed for some sort of government reason or security reason. We could see a lot of banks, financial institutions using it. It's not going to make it faster. It's not a latency solution, although it certainly helps a little bit. It's not a big latency solution, but it's expensive uh, for folks to do. But for our customers have been asking for it, some of the largest financial institutions, legal firms and health firms, it's a really, really critical step for us. So that plus the bring your own key solution, yeah. which allows you to use your own Azure key. And then when if you decide to leave Microsoft, you take that key with you there's nothing we can do to unlock that data or, or get at it, have been two really big asks we've seen from a lot of customers. I think the bring your own key story is very important because a lot of folks don't want to trust you. Then it's fine. And they don't have to. No. And that means I can bring you my data, Yep. but I have my own encryption key. You will stay in control of your data at all times. And you know, we take a look at companies like Google that comb through your data looking for information. We don't do that. We are very, very clear about our privacy. If you've ever been to Microsoft campus, the, the cybersecurity tour will just blow your socks off. Uh, Mark Rusinovich and I were chatting about all the work that they're doing in Azure. And everything that we get, we share with all of our competitors and customers when it comes to cybersecurity. We take it incredibly um, seriously. That's one of the reasons the file restore feature that yep. we announced this week, too, is another step towards that on giving people control and keeping it at that high level. What do we want to look out for in terms of, we've had a, a huge roadmap announced this week. What are the things that we want to get really excited about in the next six months? Well, we didn't announce anything that's coming out after December, which is great. And that was a really key thing for us, too, was 
really now is the time to do OneDrive, that all the things that people were missing, why they were on our competing products or why they hadn't moved off a of share drive is now there. Files on Demand rolls out in October. Yeah. I think Files on Demand, I think the file viewers, uh, the fact that we support 277 different file types and you can see a full fidelity thumbnail of a uh, any Adobe format or medical format, things like that, without having to have those apps installed yeah. is a great step forward. I think different companies are going to find different features that we've announced and go, that was the one that we were waiting for. So what's great is we don't need to talk about what's coming six months from now. It's all happening pretty quickly. I think there'll be other things. One of the things that we'll probably be announcing in the next few months, we'll see probably by spring, is the ability to assign delegates when somebody leaves the company. So rather than it just going to one person, you being able to pick who you'd like to see that data going to. There's some other things we have, but it really is a good balance of that evolution and revolution. And we have a few features we'll talk about a little bit later on next year that I'm very excited about that I think are really going to excite people and we'll gear up and do the same thing again next year. That's awesome. I think you just you mentioned the word revolution there, right? And and to me, um, the ATP integration with with OneDrive for Business something yeah. that was talked about yesterday, that sets OneDrive apart. I think from from what else is in the market for sure. Yeah. Um, do, do, can we go into that a little bit? Dig into that. I, I think there were two features that really set us apart from our our uh, competitors. I think the first one is the secure uh, the the anonymous file sharing secure. The fact that you can send an email to somebody on Gmail, send them a file, and then as soon as they open it, they'll then get a code. So we've confirmed who they are, and that code allows them to get to that. So the secure file sharing has been a huge one. The other one is files restore, which we'll see by the end of the year. What we heard from a lot of customers is somebody does a mass delete. If somebody gets files that have been corrupted, that they have to call IT like, hi, I have this file, it's not opening, can you fix it? It's a lot of time. And then when we get into malware and ransomware, we get into even larger things. So allowing a user, once we've removed the malware or ransomware, to be able to go in and restore their files back at any point, say, you know what, today's Wednesday, give me every file that was done from three o'clock Monday. I know that's a good point. They can go in, pick them, and restore them themselves without having to call Microsoft, without doing an admin. And we're not talking just pulling them out of recycle bin that they can do today, because your recycle bin will store things for up to 90 days. This is any file, any point within the last 30 days. And that's, I mean, that's massive, right? Because the, the whole malware thing is such a hot topic these yeah, days. Yeah, and right? ransomware. Exactly right. Um, you know, countless examples over the last few months. So that is, to me, that is one of the most exciting announcements. Yeah, nobody was expecting that one. It was kind of fun to watch everybody go, what? <laughs> it was great. You mentioned um, competitors, but what about partners? And so mm -hmm. we have a, in, in office, we've got this great story about Dropbox integration. Yeah. So isn't that confusing that I have a sync client who's a partner and I've got a sync client that's in-house. When do I use OneDrive? When do I use Dropbox? Yeah. Uh, Never use Dropbox. <laughs> no. um, I, I think our goal is, I mean, we're trying to make the best product we can. With Groove, We, uh, I think we lost our way. One of the great things is uh, about a year and a half, two years ago, Jeff Teeper came back, took re-control over OneDrive and SharePoint, now over all of Office, really focused the team, really got vision. NGSC was that first step to... If sync isn't reliable, it doesn't matter what else we do. So get that level of reliability and build that out. But we also realize for every person who's using a share drive, uh, for every person who still has you know, that, that D drive they're dropping into, we do have folks using Box and Dropbox and G drive. Making sure they, they have access and they can use Office and get all the power from it is critically important to those folks. The key thing is our product is already there. You're already paying for it. You have it. Why are you paying from six five, you know, six dollars a seat up to twelve dollars a seat and higher 
when you already have that functionality. And I feel we're now at a point where we easily can go head to head in many areas ahead in others and say, really challenge you to go, we can save you <clears throat> tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. We have Rackspace who's, uh, is now saving $411,000 a year, half a million dollars a year by just moving over. We saw Lowe's yesterday saying, we have Office 365, we wanna use the power of this. Why would we spend 12 bucks a seat when we have this and they love where it's at and they're doing 240,000 seats. We have Accenture that has done hundreds of thousands of seats. So I think we've gotten to a point where we're good and we're hearing from our customers. It's not just good enough, it's great. It is what we expect. It's great that for our third parties when we're working with vendors that they can get into Teams, they can get into Azure, they can get into Office and do what they need to do. We don't wanna block that, but we it makes us up our game to make sure going, why use that product when you can use an even better one? Absolutely, and I think that the, one of the big things there too is people get caught up in the spec sheets, right? Yeah. You, you see this comparison between you know Google Drive and, and OneDrive, and people go, "Well, I get X amount of space here, and I get Y amount of space here, and Y." You know, it's it's about more than that. It's about an ecosystem. It's about integration. Being able to do e-discovery across everything, your mail and 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 uh, OneDrive and all of those kind of things. And, and that's what people don't realize. And I think you bring up a really good point, which is. Exchange and SharePoint and OneDrive are all exit points. Yeah. When you set a bunch of exchange policies, you can simply go into advance. Like if you say, I want the HIPAA policy for Australia, for US, whatever, there's that second step in that wizard is an advanced box and you go, apply to SharePoint, mm -hmm. apply to OneDrive. Mm -hmm. All of those features, DLP, Lockbox, everything that you're doing there immediately slides over and you're using one control panel to do it. You're not using is my Dropbox policy gonna override this GPO, which might get overridden by Intune? You run into a lot less of those complications. I think you made it, make a great point on that, that it is really, if you do it in one place, you can completely do it across. And one of the things we have to touch on is that if all my data is in one place and with one vendor, so with yourselves, for example, mm -hmm. and if I choose to break out to Dropbox for business or any sure. other product, I'll break my compliance model, won't I? Uh, no, I don't believe you do. I don't know about that one. I know that you can easily take your data, you can put it into Dropbox and you're fine. We have, they have migration tools that allow you to migrate out. We have tools that allow you to migrate from Dropbox into OneDrive. So I think you're fine uh, in using that. They are a full partner of ours. They're licensed and they work beautifully with Office 365 as long as you don't want to use it on the metal. That's really the big difference is when you go to use Box or Dropbox or, or Google, you have to go to a browser and everything has to be done through yeah. the browser. One of the great things that we love with Files On Demand is that ability uh, is that you can search right from your desktop, that you can see those thumbnails. You don't have to go to web view. And I'm older. I like working from the desktop. I yeah. work with Word and PowerPoint on the desktop. I don't like working in the cloud on those. So I have that flexibility of being able to work from any platform, Mac, PC, web, anywhere I want on any device and don't have to ever go to a web-based experience, which may not give me all the fidelity that I'm looking for. So we want to wrap up, but before we do that, sure. what do you want to plug? I don't want to plug anything. I want people to, I mean, I want people to give OneDrive another look, but I think we've done our due diligence that if you watch any of our sessions from this week, if you start to play with it, you're going to go, wow, this is a really different product than it was a year and a year, a year and a half ago. And know that we're listening to you. If you go, I'm, my favorite phrase is, I like OneDrive, but. Okay. Oh, yeah. 
as in the words of Pee Wee Herman, tell me about your big butt. Okay. So, you know, what is that butt? What is that problem? What is what is that one area? And you know what? Let's get it into user voice. Let's look at that. Because if you're saying, you know, I like OneDrive, but this one thing, you're there. What do we need to do to make that happen? We have people going, I tried OneDrive a few years ago, and it just mm. didn't work out for me. We want folks at least to come back and come try it again. We're a restaurant under new ownership, so yep. see if it got better. But, yeah, I'm, I love it. So many of our customers are moving. We have millions of seats every month that we're seeing are coming over. We have some of the biggest customers in the world using it. So they know something, obviously, that everybody else hopefully will figure out on their own. How do you want to be found on Twitter, LinkedIn, I Facebook? am uh, Stephen L. Rose on Twitter, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-L Rose. It is the best way to reach me, about 162,000 followers. If you send me, ask me to, do you want to DM me, ask me to follow you, I'll follow you back. I follow most folks. Great way to reach me and happy to chat anytime. I'll give you my email if we get into something deeper, but that's the best way because it reaches me. My inbox gets a little crazy, yeah. and I really don't follow folks on LinkedIn. Twitter is really my the best way to communicate. Or you me. could do what we did and just interrupt your breakfast. You can do that too, or just <laughs> find me at the bring me waffles like my friend from the, the Netherlands did, or any of those sort of things, or get the folks who uh, are here from community to walk by and take pictures and grab you and ask you questions. So now I'm highly accessible. I'll also be doing the tech summits this fall. So I'll be going to uh, Warsaw. I'll be going to Jerusalem. I'll be going to Ireland. So I'll be doing a lot of the tech summits, um, UK. So that's also a great place where our, if I'm there and you're there, say, hey, let's go get a beer and talk. SharePoint OneDrive, I am all for uh, a good Guinness now and then. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. No, thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Cool. Thank you. You can find me, Nicholas, on the Twitter at Nicholas Blank, as well as Facebook and LinkedIn. I blog at blankmanblog.com. I'm also on Twitter at Chris Goosen, or you can visit my blog, cgoosen.com. Our show is on Facebook at facebook.com slash thearchitects.cloud, and our website, as before, thearchitects.cloud. Our Twitter handle at thecloudarch.com.